Hey everybody, what's up? We're doing a special edition of the Miami Comedy Podcast with uh, some good friends and Seabass. We also have uh, Respect the Light here with us. We have uh, Greg, Rochelle, and uh, GJ, as well as uh, Rudy Wilson, the brand new host and MC of the uh, From Atlanta to Miami Comedy Show at the Miami Improv, July 4th. What's up, guys? How you doing? So we just had an amazing meeting about uh, the Respect the Light documentary and the future of it. Do uh, you guys want to give us a quick breakdown on what you guys got brewing? Just wrapped up like the rough cuts of all five of the episodes. Uh, thanks to DJ and Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all of the episodes have been edited and are basically ready. <laughs> See, boss, what the trying to floss right quick because he think he think because he running shit. And it doesn't even it doesn't even work. It doesn't even have it connected. He's still he's still using the the microphone on his laptop. Yeah, that mic's the shit. Uh, the, uh, Yeti Mike, they do a great job. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we just finished uh, the rough cuts for all five of the episodes, so they're ready for polishing. And then this week we'll get into um, looking to the next phase, which is editing a, tra- a new trailer for people to see and get excited about. And people will hopefully be hearing from, well, not hopefully, they will be hearing from us soon about when they can expect the premiere of our first episode. So you guys just finished recording uh, all five episodes, well, editing all five episodes. Yeah, I mean, we still have to go back and do some polish edits to tighten everything up, but the story's been so a lot of work to do. And uh, give us a bit of the uh, of the journey, like uh, there, you guys filmed last year. What month? What month was it last year that you guys? Uh, July. It July. was in July. Okay, so close to a year. Uh, now is when the episodes are, uh, you know, being finalized. What did you guys have to go through? What challenges did you face? And uh, how did you overcome them? Greg, uh, it's <laughs> been. Uh, I mean, this doing this doc has been a huge lesson in collaboration and storytelling. Um, you know, like before we started editing, like first of all, like I felt like we weren't like for a while weren't going anywhere fast because we we didn't quite know what it was for a while. Like we kept editing and coming at it like it was going to be a thirty to forty minute like whole documentary or something like that, which lends itself to a very different you know editing style. Like there's not a beginning and end to every like segment in terms of the bars. You know what I mean? Like Red Bar, Sweet Caroline's. So I don't know. So structurally, like we were trying to figure it out and and also just figuring out our workflow too. Uh, with Gigi and I, like that was a big, uh, big, big lesson for me personally, and I'm assuming for Gigi too. But like, I've always seen editing as a very like singular thing, um, and it's always been a very singular thing to me. But it's crazy, like once Gigi and I like worked out a workflow where we basically we just spitball ideas back and forth and edit together, like we were able to get rough cuts done within a within three days sometimes. Like it was crazy. Um, and it was just unfiltered collaboration. Like usually when you're editing by yourself and you're focusing in, in your head, it's like you're like you don't know if an idea works until you put it together and you show it to somebody. But with Gigi being there and us kind of going back and forth, we could review something and then instantly we would both be like, ah, that ain't working. Like we need to rework that and like and just build on it that way. So it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of insane how fast we were able to actually get the rough cuts done once we actually had a workflow that we finally felt 
bit about. Hopefully that answered your question. But, well, the uh, the you guys recorded five episodes. It's like a mini uh, document uh, documentary uh, series, right? Yeah. Uh, and all right, so give us a brief summary so that the people know what each episode entails. Like, what did you yeah. capture? Did you want to take that? Or? Yeah, sure. Um, so five episodes, and the five episodes are all titled after the after the venue that the comedy show in that episode takes place at. Um, and they don't necessarily happen in the order of the shows that they went down. We kind of took some creative liberties to help tell the story in a way that we thought was more effective. Um, so episode one is Red Bar, and in that episode we introduced the audience to all three characters, so Manny, Rudy, and Sebastian. And then in episode two, we... It, from episode two through episode four, we focus and tell the story from one of those characters' perspectives. So episode two is told from Manny's perspective, and that takes us to Drink House Fire and Ice in South Beach and a little bit through Manny's workday leading up to that event. Episode three covers Rudy, and we get into some detail about Rudy's life being a brand new person in Miami and what it's like to be brand new in Miami. Um, and then that takes us from Drink House, Fire and Ice, which we would have seen in the, in the previous episode, into Renee's in Wynwood, which apparently was like a one-off comedy show. They, they might still host comedy shows, but that comedy show that we recorded in that instance never happened again. Um, episode four covers Sebastian, and that takes us to Sweet Caroline. We see a little bit of him and his mom and that episode revolves a lot around the, the theme of family. And then episode five, we swing back and cover all three of you guys and really just give you an opportunity to do your thing. We had spent all of each of the previous episodes kind of giving a lot of exposition and letting the audience get to know you and having you guys explain who you are and what you do and what you care about and why you do what you do. And in episode five, we wanted to just give the audience some time to just see y'all work. And that takes place at uh, Craftsman, which apparently is, is, is no longer a thing in Miami. But that was a, a really, all, all the venues were gorgeous. Um, one less so than the rest, but all of them, you know, like really distinctive. I'm sorry, I'm smiling because Rudy over here looks like he's, he's drunk. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just listening. What am I? <laughs> If, you, if, if, if no one's getting roasted, you, you lose Rudy's attention. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's been really fascinating because we've discovered themes within themes within themes, basically. Like, And what I mean by that is we have your long-form interviews where we kind of like discovered what each of your themes were. And then once we got into... Um, uh, each episode, like we realized each episode kind of honed in on like a specific theme for what it's like to do comedy in Miami. Like, again, I said this earlier, but Manny, it's about hosting a show, managing a show. It touches on having a comedian that, and Sebastian says this in the Red Bar episode, but, you know, you could have that one comedian who kind of fucks the rest of the rhythm of the show up, like, and being a host and dealing with that. Um, and then the third episode gets into uh, Rudy performing, and that became a really interesting episode to, to chisel away at because for a while I was worried about that one because I wasn't sure what what it was going to be about. And it wound up becoming, I don't know if racially charged is the way to put it, but it touches on race. <laughs> and well, just performing for different races and different perspectives and like 
how one joke plays in a venue and how that joke plays in another venue, and that was really fascinating to explore. And certain um, things actually in that episode, I'm sorry to cut you off, Greg, but certain uh, things in that episode just jumped. Like, we didn't go into that episode with an agenda, like, really black. So we're going to tell a racially charged story. No, like, it really just, and that was, honestly, yeah. that was, like, every episode kind of unfolded that way. And, like, that happened with Renee's, too. Yeah. Um, and it would be little things, too. It would be, like, a little thing that one, like, one person went up there on stage and said, and we were like, wow, that's so strange that he would say something like that in the episode that we're talking about. Like, I don't, I mean, if I can give you an example that we wound up using, like, as soon as I heard it in the audio, I was like, that's so weird that he would just use that example. But he, it's, I don't remember what his name was, but he went on stage at Renee's and he says something to the effect of men are slaves to women, like, uh, blacks were slaves to, slaves to whites. And I was just like, what a fucking, like, strange comment to make. But it was also, like, catering to the, like, the predominantly white audience that was at Renee's that night. So it was, like, it was just so strange. And it all lended itself to this theme of, like, race. And, and you know, like, like we saw certain jokes that Rudy performed at Fire and Ice that was, uh, I wouldn't, I guess it wasn't predominantly black. There was, like, it was a pretty mixed audience. It was a mixed, it was a mixed group. But um, there were there were way more black folks at that show than there were at than there were at Renee's, yeah. And certain jokes I think played better there than they did at Renee's or whatever. And we kind of just explored that in episode three. And then episode four, like it was it was important to episode four is unique because it's the only time where we come back to uh, an on the fly interview that we did with Sebastian earlier because what we talked about with Sebastian became so relevant to how his set and his energy was that night. Like, we basically, that, that during that day, we got into Sebastian and his father and talked about the influence that he had on Sebastian. And by the time we got to Sweet Caroline's, like, I, it was, he says it in the interview, like, there wasn't a ton of headspace to, like, be funny that night. It was something like that. And it was just interesting to also just explore that. And it hits a very, like, an emotional peak in episode four that, like, everybody's really responding to. Um, so it just kind of touches on that, like, where your headspace is when you get into a comedy set. Um, and how that energy lends itself to how your set goes and et cetera. And then episode five, like Jeep said, like we just, for that episode, I always felt pretty confident about that episode. Cause I was like, this is the episode where we just get to let the audience breathe. Like we just get to let, let the audience, like they know these characters, they know these venues, they know how Miami comedy works. Like, let's just have the audience feel like they're an audience member at the show and just let, let it breathe. Yeah. So and it wound up becoming our favorite episode. It's just so fun to watch. And it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of fun seeing you guys do your thing. We get into like a little bit of cross-cutting. And, it's, it's really and the, last thing, the last thing I wanted to say when I was saying theme upon theme upon theme, on top of that, your sets, like we wound up cutting your sets to themes. Like again, uh, Rudy's set comes back to, you bring, uh, race comes up a lot in that set, like the Kia Optima joke. And there's uh, like Rudy even comes on stage and he's like, oh, you mean like, by special guest, you mean like I'm last or whatever, like that, like the black comedian is last, like that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sebastian, it's the it's Sebastian's theme is um, the financially aware bit, like talking about like the financial circumstances and saving money and like stuff like that. And that went up coming back to family too, and the craftsman set too. And yeah. then uh, Manny, his theme came back to like vacation, like you talk about. Um, in one of your sets, you talk about like uh, getting like a souvenir from a from a vacation, and it's like this reminder of like the vacation that you didn't fucking have. You know what I mean? Like just talking, just in general, talking about like getting back to the theme of like you run. The <laughs> according, according to Rudy, that's my only bit. 
will say a great thing that happens to you repeatedly, though. Oh my is god! Oh yeah. That women like like kind of throw themselves at you. Mm. But hate but, me for it. But like they all have men, and they're like, oh yeah, that happened. It's so weird that that happened more than once. That they're like, yeah, yeah down, and then you're like, oh, but you have a boyfriend. Like, why are you like, what? right? You're like, is dead. Fuck all of It's yeah, it's Sweet Caroline specifically. You go, are we fucking or not? Like, it's just like, <laughs> like person. It's great. Yeah. So there is one, one thing that I wanted to add on, which is this overarching thing that happens. That that is just a part of the story, like woven into all of it. Is all of you guys' relationship with Miami? Which, yeah. Which is like so dope, and I'm so glad that we chose you three because the three of you all have like really unique perspectives. Very on, like yeah. Miami, like Manny's kind of like cynical about it because you had that time in South Beach, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. Like you've experienced some of the like darker elements of like that that nightlife. Um, Sebastian and then, is diet Mr. Sebastian is like like Miami ass, like <laughs> like I rep my city hard as fuck. Like that's great value, Mr. Three Hundred Five. <laughs> Miami's like family to him, and and you're like not passionate and like protective of your city and then rudy when we first interviewed him was new to miami so it yeah. was like this new place to him and he was like open to like the possibilities and, and like what what the city yeah so that, that was like a really cool thing that we got to and it was that we got to explore. and it was extremely important to us that with respect the light you know we we still maintain that we would like to see respect the light um move into another city um but we didn't want to just profile three comics, we also wanted to profile the scene and the energy and the feel of the city. Yeah. Um, and we were able to do that by kind of taking all three of your temperatures on what your take on Miami was. So in the future, you guys are planning on, uh, since you guys have the, uh, the eye of capturing uh, something a little more deeper than just the surface jokes of scenes, and since you've seen something as small as Miami, you're now willing to go to bigger cities with bigger scenes and go in the underbelly of those. Yes, we're, you know, we. I don't want to. I don't want to say definitively that it's something that we're planning on doing. Our, our energy is devoted to completing Respect the Light and getting it to as wide an audience as possible. However, this story and our approach to telling this story is unique in that it's it's transferable. I mean. I don't know that all the venues in other cities will look as good as the ones in Miami do, but what I can say with some confidence is that this this idea, this concept can go anywhere and cover any comics. I think Miami being like a relatively small comedy scene, it would be great to do it in a comedy scene that's way more packed with way more comics, like L.A. or New York, yeah. because it's a different story that way. Right. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, something that keeps going through my mind when we talk about bigger cities, like, some of what is so appealing about doing Miami is that the comedy scene is still growing and still building. And, like, New York and L.A., like, they're places that we've seen before, and they're, like, pretty big in terms of show business and whatnot. So, like, I don't know, like, it's crossed my mind, too, like, at least to do a season maybe in a smaller town where they're trying to build a comedy scene there, too, and, yeah, you know, tell the stories that really don't usually get told, that kind of thing. I don't know. But we, we don't know. We're so, like you said, we're so focused on getting this story right until we, like, even think about developing something else. And we're so close, Manny. Like, uh, I I can't stress enough how proud we are of where this is and what it feels like. You know, we got to the last episode, and one of the things that I was really... I, I don't know whether or not Greg said it, but I... From, from, the time, from the time we got into episode three, 
I was worried about episode five. I was like, have we said everything that we need to say in the first four episodes? And it just turned out that it wasn't the case. And once we finally finished up on episode five, it occurred to me that there were some big and powerful things that we hadn't said yet that we needed to say in episode five, that we needed the space to say. Yeah. Once we said them, then it was like, there's nothing else to say. Like we've exhausted all of the material. Definitely exhausted the material. So it, it was perfect, perfectly fit into five episodes. Perfect, yeah. yeah. Perfect. We couldn't add another awesome. episode if we wanted to. If we did, it would be boring and shitty. So you guys already submitted to a few festivals. Uh, JF, uh, Just for Laughs Pro, uh, the Orlando Film Fest, the short uh, Miami Film Festival. Any uh, plans to uh, release the, the episodes on another festival? Um, so there are a couple more. I don't. We have like a list of possible festivals. I don't have them off the top of my head. Um, but there are a lot of the other ones. Like the, the three that we've submitted to, we're excited about because those are close. They're, those are very close to what we did. So the, the Just for Laughs is a comedy festival, so we think it'd be perfect for that. Miami Short Film Festival obviously is the, you know, the place where the story took place. And then Orlando is not that far from Miami, so a lot of people could probably still relate to it. Um, the other festivals that we have in mind are all in different places, so we just want to be strategic about the ones that we um, apply to because, like, there's there's fees involved and travel involved and all sorts of things. So we want to make sure that we pick the best suited ones for our story, so we have a good shot. But we ha- we feel really good about our chances about the three that we've submitted to so far. And where where can they find you guys? You guys just released uh, Patreon to uh, help you get to the cities that you guys submitted to. Where can they find this information? Yes, so the Ledge Media officially has a Patreon um, as a platform for people to support us with literally any dollar amounts that you can that you can contribute to us is helpful because, as I just said, there's a lot of different expenses involved. Submitting to festivals has fees, and then you have to travel to them. And then, of course, there's, like, the time that we have to take away from doing other work to, to continue to, like, get this project out there. And the expenses for, like, continuing other projects as well, um, since we're, like, a full, you know, production company. Um, but, yeah, so the episodes will be released on Patreon exclusively. Um, people will just have to pay, like, $5 a month to basically support us. We don't want people to think of it as they're just, like, paying for episodes. Like, we want to form, like, a little community with our audience and... We'll share a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with them, keep them posted on every step of our like journey through these film festivals and, and all the other parts of things that we're working on. Um, so that's how we've chosen to get it out for now. And we will be announcing to people in the near future when they can record. So what, what's the preferred website to find the information on, on the Patreon? So you just go to patreon.com slash Medium, and you'll see our page there. All right. I guess that'll do it. Uh, Greg? Wait, no, wait, no, uh, I'm sorry, can I can I ask you guys a question? Shoot. Um, is there anything that you are hoping out of the project? Like what what are you what are you hoping to see? Because like it's it's about y'all. Like what are what do you Man, want? for me, it would be great to uh uh to be on a distribution channel, you know, the popular ones, you know, maybe a nice little uh Netflix release, something yeah. on Hulu or Amazon Prime. And uh, you know, at the end, just say uh you know, Manny's the mastermind of it all, and then like a portrait of me <laughs> in black and white zooming in, and then it just fades to black. And then <laughs> Manny wants to be a villain, bro. That's the end of like a fucking Phineas and Ferb episode with Doofus shirts fading out. Like, what about you, C Pass? Is there anything that you're like not just not just where it goes, but like the in story? The story yeah. 
Seabass wants to be wants to get ten minutes. Let <laughs> me become a six minute comic. According to Manny, I'm only a five minute comic, so I'm looking for that extra minute. No, I think uh, just just uh, looking forward to having like a lot of uh, I guess views and things I've always said, like have it documented, to where I can be like, you see, I did say that shit. Like I've always thought like that, you know. And and just kind of have that on film is is very very dope, you know. So that's yeah, that. I'm looking forward to that. Right. And what about you, Rudy? Um, I can't <laughs> say that I have a. I can't say that I have an expectation as far as um, what I would like to see, like outside of what you guys have. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I'm just. I just. I'm just curious just to 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 see it because I mean, especially for myself. I mean, I was you know, and this isn't in a bad way, but I mean, I was you know so caught off guard about it. You know, so to me, I just kind of just was going with the flow because it felt right, you know what I'm saying, y'all was cool or whatever, but I mean, you know, I had shit going on to myself, I was halfway homeless and shit, you know what I'm saying, so I was, when it all happened, I, you know, it just was happening, you know what I'm saying, and I'm, but I'm the type of person that I can, you know, I go with the flow, especially if things feel right, so for me, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious just to see where it goes, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, whatever happens, you know, you know, it's, it's gonna happen. It's, it was meant to happen, and uh, whether whether it's on the the front end or the back end, I definitely feel like it's gonna be a big deal. Um, and I say front end or back end, meaning like uh, whether you know this documentary blows us up or, or we blow up the documentary. I think either way is gonna be cool because it shows a very uh, authentic and genuine place that. Um, I don't know about these two, but I was definitely ashamed of. Um, <laughs> I hate looking at honestly, because you know, and, and, I, and I'm not even talking about where I was at in life as far as personal. I'm talking about even my on stage, everything jokes I was telling back then, like you know, it's just it's embarrassing. Um, but you know, it, it, it'll be genuine, and people will, you know, they'll see where we're at now and see then, and they'll they'll know that you know, this wasn't scripted. We didn't know that however planned out was going to happen like we you know we generally all believed in something and just took it step by step and you know move forward so i think it's going to be dope that's the story for sure man yeah. and, and so i and i do this is actually going to be instructive i'm sorry to take over your show manny but it's I, all I, good I, I do want to know um can each of you take a moment to like tell us what about your, your life or your circumstances, both on and off stage, has changed in the years since we filmed. Oh yeah, you you at, you asked this I think recently on a text, like how how we've changed since the documentary. All right, so I'll start. I think uh, I think you guys captured a, a perfect like uh, pivotal pivotal moment in our uh, in our careers, especially in Miami. You know, like Miami was ta- Miami comedy. The website was taken off, and uh, I was kind of like reaping the rewards. I met these guys. And we were kind of like being a lot more consistent in terms of turnouts, but not as consistent as we are now. Where we're not only in different venues, but in different nights of the week. And, uh, you know, the website's getting a lot more traffic. Uh, people people are very uh, receptive to the blog than they were before. Like when I, when I go up on stage or if I walk around, people would say that they read the newsletter, which is something unheard of for me. And... Uh, and yeah, just to see that kind of growth happening in such an organic way, especially providing uh, an audience for us to like go up and have fun as friends, it has been unreal. And it's it's it, if it's only been a year since you've recorded uh, that those episodes up until now, where they're now being released soon, 
I can already feel that uh, the growth is only going to be exponential from here on out. And, and so how many, how many nights a week were you at then and how many are you at now? So at then, I think I was at three, including Drinkhouse Fire and Ice. However, two of those have been uh, the weekly ones uh, because, you know, some closures or the productions aren't as consistent. And now I'm currently at six venues, four about to be weekly. And then, an- awesome. and then another two monthly, and then we'll build those up to become weekly as well. Because the goal is seven nights a week, all consistent and... Um, and quality of it, and and to bring in and to bring in comics from other cities. I mean, I work with the Improv now, which is a great uh, feat for me. Uh, and our partnership allows me to fly in comics from other cities to kind of blend it with the Miami comedy scene, and hopefully, kind of give us a little bit more of a, I guess, an announcement that we're 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 growing. We've got something here, and it also allows the audiences to see how comedy styles are different elsewhere. Right. Right. What about you, Sebas? What's uh, what's changed in the last year? Um, I think as far as like comedy goes, <laughs> I think like I've definitely gotten stronger written material and like crowd work, which I think was always like one of the tougher things for me that I had. Like Manny and I had a discussion about this a while ago at Craftsman, where he was, was like, oh, "You're trying to feed the audience jokes when they're not trying to listen to jokes." You know, like you got to be able to recognize that. And I wouldn't say I'm like 100% of the time, right? Because there'll be times where I get off stage and I'm like, fuck, I should have just jumped into crowd work or I should have just stayed with my jokes or whatever the case may be. So I definitely feel like I've got more of a recognition from that uh, as a comedian standing on stage. Also off stage, I've been booked on shows that I had conversations with Rudy about that I would tell him like, bro, I'm trying to get on this show. Like I want, I want my name on that flyer or whatever. And it's happened, it's happened. I've been on a couple of shows that I really strive to, to get there, and thankfully, you know, through networking, through the hard work, whatever, I've been able to get onto those shows. So the material has evolved, the way of thinking has evolved, the stage presence um, has evolved, and I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't, I try not to think too much about that, because at the end of the day, like, all the comics, like, older comics that I listen to or have talked to that have been doing it for over 15 years, they all say, like, you know, you're a new comic for, like, the first five. And I'm really only at year one and a half, so it's a long way to go. I try not to get caught up in that and then just, just try to get better every day. And I definitely feel that I have gotten better in the material, in the way the crowd reacts, in the way the crowd reacts to me after the show, as far as, like, interaction, uh, getting booked on different shows and stuff like that. So it's just, uh, thankfully, the needle has been moving more and more to the better side of things the more and more I do it, you know. But that's almost just like a logical approach to anything. The more you do it, the more you dedicate time to it, the better you're most likely going to get, and that's just been the recipe over here. Right, right. And and so, are, are you, are you're on the flyers? Like, are are you headlining shows? Are you featuring? No, 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 no. Like, I'll get, I'll get like a guest spot. <laughs> man, Manny's such a hater. Manny, Manny's so he, he's so mad. Yeah, we should have got drunk Manny on the podcast. Drunk Manny would have <laughs> talked about his Netflix special I was about to drop. No, but uh, uh, I mean, I, I haven't necessarily like. I've gotten, like, uh, the guest spots or whatever, but I've had chances at a few shows to run, you know, 20-minute sets or, like, 15-minute sets where now I can really test out material and see how I feel over there. So I haven't necessarily gotten, like, the feature sets, but I have gotten way more time at certain venues or recognition and shit like that. So it's, right. it's and you I, know, and pretty I, that's a that's a That's a big deal, you know, like... 
yeah. You get a 20 minute set, like the guy that we made a documentary about and the person you are now aren't the same people because the guy that we have footage of would really struggle through a 20 minute set. So like, right, right. it's like you had to have grown, you know? No, well, I also don't want to make it seem like I'm breathing through this 20. Like, it's not that I'm going into it knowing I'm doing 20. It just so happened that they weren't giving me the light. I was still having a good role. I was getting laughs. And they, they let me go on. And when I was done recording, I looked down at the time. And they said, like, you know, like 20-some-odd minutes. And a, a couple times that happened. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 hey, fuck you, Manny. Uh, if you gave me more than five minutes, Manny, you would know. But, uh... Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely, like, I feel more confident in that today than I definitely did before. That's for sure. You guys, right. you guys are about to break him down to the point that he says, no, nothing has changed. <laughs> I'm still living in this efficiency. I just ate a pickle from a jar. I got expired beer in my fridge. Like, nothing <laughs> was the same. You're doing great, T-Bash. You're doing great. You're doing great. Keep eating your pickles. What about what about you, Rudy? What's changed in the last year? What do you got going on? Oh man, I'm a motherfucking superstar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the prices have gone up officially. Just, Manny is is lucky. He knew me when I wasn't shit. He's the only person who I still perform for free for. You know what I'm saying? Uh, outside of that, everybody else kiss my ass. All right, put some respect <laughs> my name. <laughs> No, nah, um, no, nah, man. I, I, I'm working a lot though. Uh, I've, uh, I, mean, I mean, for me, it's mainly just a lot of on stage stuff. I mean, off the stage, uh, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much like C Bass. I live in the same place. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still, I'm still. Uh, you're in film school. You weren't when we filmed. He was about to start. You weren't in film school yet when we when we filmed with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I get. Well, I guess yeah. I, I am in school now. Uh, about to finish my first year. I got one more semester before finishing the first year, and then. Um, but as far as comedy, um, I've just gotten a lot better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that just comes with repetition. Honestly, I mean, I didn't do anything super spectacular. I just, um, you know, get on stage six, seven nights a week, and uh, constantly practice. I mean, I put all my focus into it. You know, I don't have another job outside of. Comedy in school, so I mean, I just, I pretty much just have a laser focus when it comes down to those two, um, and it just, it just allowed me to just grow, you know, in my craft, really. Uh, that, that's right. Yeah, Ru- Ru- Rudy has become a comic that he he doesn't give a fuck to the point where he's just uh, killing the stages. I will say that investing in Rudy as soon as he landed in Miami was like investing in Google stocks. Like I, I saw, I saw the the talent there from the get go, and then uh, it definitely shows that guy goes up. He brings up the racial tension, and then just dissipates. So all time. No man, that's um, that's really interesting to know. So one, it's instructive because we need we need to include, include some information about you guys at the end of the last episode, saying like where you are now and what's going on. Um, but I think we also just are, are curious, man. Like making this. You know, when I first wanted to become a filmmaker, I wanted to work in narrative and create characters that only existed in my mind. Um, making documentaries about real people invest you in the stories of, of people to the point where, like, you just find yourself caring. Like, I don't give a shit about anything un- until this project is done, but finishing this project. And some of that is, you know, like, extended onto, 
you know, jumping on Facebook and caring about what's going on in the Miami comedy scene, watching. What we're, we're like not invested. We're like super. All I like I like anytime Manny goes live with the Miami Potty, Miami Comedy Podcast, I, w- I watch it. Um, I'm like I'm like a, a fan of the community, so it's there. Yeah, Manny, you got more viewers this year than you did last yeah, year. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I gained the viewer this year. We in. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just curious about what's going on, and um, like I I I ride for Team Respect the Light, man. I think you guys are I think you guys are great. We think you guys are great, man. Thanks for everything you did. The Ledge Media. Make sure you go to the Patreon. Support. We're going to be, uh, we're, we're brainstorming to bring this uh, project out to many cities and different theaters and uh, doing something very cool with it. So a lot more to come. Uh, we'll talk more about it as, as soon as I get updates. I'll post it on the blog. I'll uh, live stream it. And of course, uh, on the main page, you can also see the link. I will update it. It will be on the middle of the homepage so you guys can see any updates on the project. I want to thank you guys, not only for what you filmed, but for being on the podcast, and I'll see the people that are listening next Sunday. Goodbye. Thank you, Benny.